The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, everybody? It is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast, and we are coming at you to talk about the Bengals and the Ravens a little bit different. Sometimes we do Wednesday night. Sometimes we do in the in-season. We kind of do the Thursday night thing. But with a Thursday night game, we got to get we got to get a little some stuff going a little early. So we are doing that. I'm Anthony Kazenza. He is John Shear. We're going to be joined by a special guest to help us preview a little bit of a late addition to the show, but uh, hey, we're, we're glad to have him. Glenn Martin of uh, 410 Sports Talk, who covers the Ravens. He uh, he brings the heat. He brings the heat, but he also brings the knowledge and the passion. So we will be hopefully joined by him in just a little bit here. I'm Anthony. He's John. John, what's going on, buddy? I'm doing well, man. You know, the, the players have practiced early this week. They're already in Baltimore. It's only right that we kind of go back to our roots for Wednesday night, try to preview this game right. And man, it's I, I did the math, and this is... This is the, obviously the fifth game between these two teams in the past, I think, 404 days to be exact tomorrow, Crazy. which means we've we've had one game about every 81 days, which is obvious. This isn't the NBA or MLB. This is very abnormal, but this is what happens when two teams are really good in their own division. And like Brian Callahan said, playoff football in November. Playoff football in November, and there is... Look, I mean, th- th- there's a lot to break down with this one, and there is a lot to I- – I don't know. I, some people are saying, hey, man, Bengals lose this one. Or, or the, if the Ravens lose this one, you know, it could be a sky is falling type of situation. I still don't really see that. I still th- think there's a lot of football to be played and, and a lot of big games to be uh, – to, to sort through for both of these teams. But just obviously, I mean, it's not Bengals news, but it is in a way. Some big news hit the division. This is a division that is separated essentially by – one and a half games. Every team is above 500 right now. The Bengals are a game and a half. They're at the bottom of the division at five and four, but they are just a game and a half back of the Baltimore Ravens right now at, at seven and three. So, um, you know, here we go. The the Cleveland Browns, who just beat the Baltimore Ravens, John, their franchise quarterback is done for the year with a shoulder issue, suffered it against the Baltimore Ravens. I think he was there like a bone, a bone break or some, some sort of situation in his shoulder where he's got to get that repaired. So Deshaun Watson out for the season. I mean, we, we have, it's the question that everyone's asking and Mr. Whisper graciously asked it with another one of his donations. Um, what does the loss of Deshaun Watson do for the Bengals odds for the postseason. I think ESPN analytics came out. It bumped it up from like 36% to 39%. Um, other um, entities or simulations are going to give you 
a percentage around that. I think summersports.com had it around like 40 something percent. New York Times is around that as well. The, the, the reality is somehow Deshaun Watson played like his best football in three years with that shoulder injury in the second half of that win against the Ravens, which was a remarkable win in many facets. And now it originally was going to go to PJ Walker, who was legitimately one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year. It seems like they're going to start the rookie uh, uh, DTR Dorian Thomas uh, Robinson, the rookie out of UCLA, who had a really good preseason, but in the limited snaps that he's had the regular season, he's just been, you know, kind of thrown to the wolves. He hasn't had a ton of time to prepare. Now he's getting a full week of practice to play another divisional game. He's the Browns are hosting the Steelers, I believe this week. So who knows, man, like the Browns were obviously six and three. They were in a good position to be one of those wildcard teams. They still have a really good defense for the most part. But if Watson was truly on his way back to being the Houston version of himself, any type of drop off from there, it, it definitely brings up huge questions for them. They're obviously still going to try and I don't think they're going to tank or anything, but it makes the whole division race completely more wide open than it was on Tuesday. It most definitely does. And, you know, I mean, this is a, a division that's loaded with talented teams, talented quarterbacks. And now one of the big names, one of the biggest names, uh, not only in the league, but one of the big names in the division here is done for the year. You you said you got a little bit of a an interesting um, <laughs> an interesting bet uh, that I don't even know if we want to go there, but we'll see what the what the Browns do there. DTR, a preseason hero for the Browns this year and a guy that I really liked go back. If you want to kind of check out some stuff, we did a draft profile on him going into this, this summer or this spring rather um, because the Bengals, we thought were maybe looking at a backup quarterback in this draft. So um, you can kind of get a little bit of a, a breakdown and a feel of him as we went through that, um, you know, just, just a few months back, but now on the Bengals side of things with the injuries reports and everything coming out, John, now, Trey Hendrickson is a maniac. So I, I don't, you know, hyperextended knee, basically the last play of the game, aside from the field goal kick, gets rolled up on, could barely seemingly put weight on that on that leg. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know if he was maybe um, embellishing what happened there because of a, you know, to try and get that field goal to be moved back, get a penalty and move that field goal attempt back, or um, maybe there it truly was painful. I tend to believe the latter. I was kind of kidding about the first part there. <laughs> But man, the guy all of a sudden, you know, Tuesday, he's going through full-blown drills and, and hitting the bags hard and everything. And so he he's gonna play. Hyperkson knee, first of all, sounds terrifying. I, I don't know if it, if anyone's yeah. read the, the description of it, but it's when it just bends too far. I think if most people suffer that, they would think the leg is just broken. Um, like injuries like this, because I think it's like traditionally a two to four week recovery process, and that's probably what's gonna be for Trey until he feels a hundred percent. I think if this happens during like training camp in the preseason, we're going to look at that two to four week timeline and then we're going to track it like we do with Burrow every year. And then we're going to say, you know, why isn't he back yet? It's, it's uh, for obvious reasons. They're just holding out, holding him out until the games matter. This is an injury, I think, where they've deemed it. He can play through it. And obviously, this is a very crucial game. And like you said, he's he's a maniac. His bones are made of adamantium at this point. Um, he, <laughs> he rarely misses time, despite some of the you know injuries that he suffered over the past couple of years. And the Bengals recognize that durability with the contract that they gave him this offseason. So I, I again, I think if this happens earlier in the season or if it happens in the preseason, he's he's taking more time off. But I think this just kind of speaks to you know the, the person that he is and you know the warrior that he is. It does. Unfortunately, his defensive end mate, Sam Hubbard, will not play. And that, to me, is a big... I mean, I know we would have talked about Hendrickson being a big loss just from a pass rush standpoint. But again, we talked about this the other day, John. I, I think the Bengals have missed, at least in the Houston game, and will miss this week, too, the Sam Hubbard setting the edge, helping out in run defense, and doing all of the well-rounded things that he does for this defense against a team that, oh, by the way, is number one in the NFL in total rushing yards, the Baltimore Ravens. So that is going to be a big loss there. It appears, I believe, that Josh Tupo may be uh, coming back after getting a, a couple of games of rest from a shoulder issue. So that may be, that there may be some good news there. But no Sam Hubbard on this one. That's going to hurt the Bengals' defense. And then, of course, on the other side, depleted receiver courts. No T. Higgins, no Andre uh, Yoshibash on this one. It's it's funny because I think entering the season, you know, it's it's two positions of total strength for the Bengals, at least on paper. You know, coming coming in with Miles Murphy now add to the equation. It's a lot of depth at that defensive end 
defensive end spot. And obviously you have receiver, you have the starting trio, you have rookies who are developing Trent Irwin still there. And we're just seeing that there is still a big difference between the guys who get significant snaps and the guys who are more relied on to be rotated into the game instead of, you know, playing 40, 50 snaps a game. I, I think there's a benefit also to just coming off of a bad game, especially for those defensive ends, talking about Cam Sample, Miles Murphy, Joseph Asai. You know, I think there's a benefit to coming back early, kind of just getting it quickly out of your memory. There's there's just less time to kind of reflect on it. It's just you have to just go onward and upward to face the to face the next team. Obviously, if Trey Hendricks is not if if he's not out there, then it's a huge liability and it's a huge advantage for the Ravens, no matter who they have at offensive tackle, no matter what they do on offense. So I, I I'm not expecting the world out of any of those reserve defensive ends, but I am curious what the plan is at receiver. Obviously, Trent Irwin's going to start. For T. Higgins, just like he did last week, Tyler Boyd's going to be looking to, you know, redeem himself. And Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase, but Charlie Jones has been practicing in full for the past couple of weeks, but he still isn't activated to the active roster, despite you know one roster spot being available for him to get that done. And now with Yosevis out, like they only have technically three healthy receivers on the active roster. I don't know if that means Shedrick Jackson's going to get elevated again. Stanley Morgan has, I think, one elevation. Uh, opportunity left but he doesn't really play receiver that much I'm, I'm curious what the plan is a receiver or if this is just going to be a really tight and heavy game yeah it has to be probably a call up for Jones but I also think it will be a tight and heavy game which oh I don't know how I feel about that one <laughs> um, given given the, that group I mean we've seen some some good some bad and some ugly out of that group support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that's why parents have trusted sylvan learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But uh, hey, you talked about some of the Ravens injuries. We can talk about those all day long. But instead, we're going to bring in the Ravens guy. One of, one of a select, very small select few people that we rely heavily upon for Ravens coverage. He's one of, we, we don't have his, we don't have his buddy James, but we've got the guy who brings the heat, Glenn Martin of 410 Sports Talk, covering the Ravens does an excellent job on their YouTube channel and podcast along with his buddy James. Glenn, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me. It's a beautiful night in Baltimore. Excited about the quick turnaround to get the that Browns game taste right out of the mouth, hopefully quickly. But uh, how you boys doing? We're, we're, you know, I think we have that similar taste in, in, mm-hmm. in our mouths over here as well. Not a great one for the Bengals on Sunday. Kind of feel like, you know, those were two games that I, I would assume, especially for, for the Ravens, because they had the lead throughout most of it. But still, I think both teams have to feel like, man, those are, those are, that's a game we should have had. And that's, that's got to be something that's carrying into this week. We talked about some of the injuries here. Let's just kind of mm-hmm. start there, if you don't mind, Glenn. Um, no Ronnie Stanley. Probably not Marlon Humphrey with the calf issue. He's doubtful. Yeah. Um, give us a rundown on that if you can, and then maybe some of the options and outlook of replacements for some of the players that are going to be out this week. Yeah, absolutely. So 
Good news is the rate. Well, for Ravens fans, the uh, the Ravens did avoid major injuries with Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley, which the assumption was that they were both gone for the season. When you when you saw Marlon go down with a non contact injury, it looked like your classic Achilles pop. Uh, and then Ronnie was just writhing on the on the field, rolling around, uh, grabbing at his ankle, which you know is pretty long documented. He's had a lot of injuries. Uh, so the good news is for Ravens fans, it doesn't look to be long term, but. Like you mentioned, Ronnie's already been ruled out. Marlon Humphrey will likely eventually be ruled out. He's listed as doubtful currently. No way he plays. I'd be shocked if either play until after the bye week. Uh, you know, disappointing. I mean, the good thing for the Ravens is that they had Patrick McCarry, who's the swing tackle, uh, and really just the, the kind of jack-of-all-trades offensive lineman. He was playing right tackle in the absence of Morgan Moses last week, so he'll switch back to left tackle with Stanley being out. Morgan is expected to return. So it looks like the Ravens will only be without one starter on offensive line, but you guys have seen McCarry before. As far as backup tackles go, he's he's certainly one of, if not the best, backup tackle in the league. Uh, and so while it's definitely a loss not having Stanley out there, McCarry's, you know, he can certainly hold his own and played well in the, in the team's first matchup together. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like that's really the only concerns that I have. We had some guys miss practice uh, earlier in the week, but then we were able to return to a full participation today. I think a lot of Bengals fans remember, you know, going into that week two game, you know, it was deemed as like a big advantage for Trey Hendrickson to go up against Patrick McCarry. McCarry shut him down. He played phenomenal. And I think there was a lot mm -hmm. of disappointment with the Bengals defensive line uh, on a similar vein. Um, I, I I'm I'm really curious what happened in the second half of of, of the Ravens Browns game, especially considering that Watson got hurt before then, and then uh, you know all of a sudden just came alive. For those who didn't watch the game, can you kind of describe how that second half kind of went down and what what Watson and the Browns were doing to the Ravens uh, defense? Yeah, it was it was just as surprising to Ravens fans. Let me tell you, because the game started as a lot of people were hoping it would start. The Ravens went out to an early lead, looked like. It was going to be uh, an afternoon where we might see Lamar sitting on the bench in the fourth quarter and 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 his backup finishing things out. But things really changed when the injuries occurred because we expected Morgan Moses to be out, but we didn't expect to lose Ronnie Stanley, your left tackle, uh, which, by the way, your backup left tackle is already playing right. So now you're, you're down to your third string tackle. And then they lost their right guard during the game. Kevin Zeitler went out, which you guys are familiar with him, talented player. So now you're mm -hmm. down three offensive linemen. Then Marlon goes down with the non-contact injury. So now you're, you're down your number one corner. And let me tell you, Deshaun Watson played absolutely out of his freaking mind. And his guy was shrugging off uh, potential tacklers like Big Ben in his heyday. I don't understand what the hell hmm. happened to Deshaun Watson, but he looked like a he looked like the, the Houston Texans Deshaun Watson for at least that second half. It was absolutely aggravating. And the offensive line was just giving nothing in the run game or in the pass game after Stanley went out. They were feasting on our offensive line. Miles Garrett was having an absolute field day. Zadarius Smith was licking his chops. And yeah, it just got it got absolutely ugly. The craziest thing is they led for exactly zero seconds. Gentlemen, zero seconds, and they won that game because, of wow. course, they kicked the winning field goal as time was expiring. And mind you, we had a pick six on the second play of the game where Hamilton tips the ball and, and catches his own tip and, and returns it. So it, started, it couldn't have started any better, and it couldn't have ended any worse. Talking with Glenn Martin, part of a dynamic do-over at 410 Sports. Yeah, by the Talking way, guys, awesome what, what, what was with you guys having yeah. other people on? I mean, I... No, you guys had some other people on. I'm sure they do a great job, I guess. But if you want the heat, you know where to come. And I can't believe I, well, you had all you. these. You were throwing. I mean, they're throwing softballs back at you. I watched. I watched. <laughs> I saw what you had on here. And I'm just Thanks glad you guys came to your senses and brought some heat back to this podcast. Because, look, we got a chance in Baltimore to bury the kitty cats. And we're going to do it. Yes. All right. Well, yes. let, me, let me go there. Let me go there. I know. It. I love. I love it. I love the. I love the passion. Look. I, okay. Let's say, for instance, mm -hmm. let, if I whichever team loses, okay, do you feel that this is a? Because I feel like you know, it's it will be harder for the Bengals to overcome a loss like this, given their conference record, their divisional record. But we've seen what they could do at the end of end of seasons. We see what that we've seen what they can do when they can get hot. The Ravens are in the driver's seat right now, and even a loss here still kind of has them at least temporarily in the driver's seat. So I guess 
my point is, is with each, you said bury the kitty cats. I mean, do you, if the Bengals were to lose this game, do you actually feel truly that this would be kind of the season ender for the Bengals or even the Ravens, given their injuries and different things they're enduring right now? Well, I, th- I think it would be a, a certainly a shot to confidence if the Ravens lose. And the fan, let me tell you, the fan base will storm the castle and they'll fire John Harbaugh. I mean, it's amazing what one week makes the difference uh, in, in the reaction of the fan base. But I mean, obviously, it's seven and four. They're not out of it. And they'd still likely, unless the Pittsburgh Steelers win, I think they'd still be either in first or, or right up at the top. But it would it would certainly be a knock to the confidence, and as you guys know, an athlete with that lacks confidence is not probably going to perform well. So, uh, while statistically it would hurt a lot more for the Bengals to lose, getting the six losses in a competitive AFC North and in a competitive conference, uh, I, I mean, look, I said bury him, but and I and I'd like that to be the case, but obviously it's six <laughs> losses, you can't count he's, them out. He's backtracking, um, he's backtracking now. <laughs> you know, six losses. But I will say you have six losses this early. That's an, I mean, you have, you leave yourself no room for error. So if you have a game where you have a rash of injuries that while not season long, hold a, hold a, a couple key guys out in one important week. Now you're at seven losses. So I, 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 uh, I do think this is a huge important game for, for both sides, more important for the Bengals because it's seven losses uh, or no six losses, but, uh, It'd be five. I think both teams. It'd be. I think it'd be five. It's five. Are they five yeah. losses already. Yeah. They're, no, no, they're, they're, they're five, five and four. four right now. My bad. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry well, about still, that, guys. Uh, Sorry about no, that. No, the point. The point. The point stands. No, the point. I mean, the point does yeah. stand for sure. For sure. Yeah, but let, let's just all be happy. I mean, look, it feels weird being happy because of how it happened. It's an injury, but the Browns are out of it, right? I mean. <laughs> Am I right, guys? No, no. Well, we, we talked about it. We talked about it before you got on. Yeah, I mean, I we 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 tend to think that 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 was probably maybe their their death knell for their season. Um, you know, you never want to celebrate an injury. At least I don't personally. But Couldn't I guess <laughs> someone said. Well, you you yeah, you said it. I I, I didn't have to. So that's right. Uh, yeah. On the topic of of confidence with athletes, I I tend to think that. A certain OBJ is getting a little bit more. He's got two touchdowns in the past yeah. two weeks, yeah. um, especially like a, was, I think it was a forty-yarder against his former team this past week. Um, obviously, not as involved in the offense, at least from a season-long standpoint, compared to Andrews or Flowers. But how how has his involvement kind of increased as the season's kind of come along? Yeah, I mean, he's a hugely important player. It, it, anytime I, I think of of OBJ and his impact, it reminds me of a recent podcast interview i heard rashad mendenhall the old running back for the steelers mm. uh he talked about they had a ray rule they said i don't care who has the ball don't let ray tackle you anyone else can tackle you anyone can tackle you just don't let it be ray because when ray tackles you he gets up he's flexing he's looking in the eyes of all his teammates he's hyping everyone up and obj kind of has that effect when he makes catches it's just different than how the other the rest of his teammates respond to it he he gets the guys jacked up. He brings a new level of confidence to the room rather than if Aguilar caught the same 14-yard pass. It's just it's just different. Certain guys are different. Roquan, you know, a lot of the same way. Uh, so it's, it's more – he impacts so much more than what you see in the stat sheet. But as you mentioned, he has been impacting the stat sheet more and more as the season goes. So I think his impact – can be will be felt more near the end of the season and hopefully into the postseason than it has early on. Uh, but yeah, he just he he brings so much more to the confidence of the team. He brings that that swag that he has. He he just it's different when he makes a ten yard catch versus anyone else on the team for sure. Talking with Glenn Martin of Four Ten Sports Talk, we pinned the YouTube channel link, so go subscribe to them. Check them out; they're great guys and bring a lot of good knowledge, a lot of good insight on the Baltimore Ravens and the AFC North. We always love talking to them around this time of year when this spot hits so you're not going to call me in the spring is that what you're telling me you're not going to call me no, in the spring no, and just no, we'll, we'll call you in the spring let's 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 let's, let's talk draft in the all spring right, my let's man let's talk free agency let's do it let's do it all hey hey you're sure. you're our buddy you're our buddy back east you know hey wait we're we're, we're buddies but hey man I, you know look the ravens have been able to overcome you know a lot of a lot of injuries one of which to jk dobbins again you know poor streak of luck for him um, but now Keaton Mitchell last week, right? The Baltimore, obviously Lamar runs and they've got a stable of running backs uh, behind Dobbins after he went down here. They are again, top rushing team in the league in terms of rushing yards gained on the year. 
and they just kind of keep rolling. T- tell us what's been effective, what, what continues to be effective and how this keeps rolling, even with Ronnie Stanley injuries, J.K. Dobbins injuries. I mean, they just keep it rolling. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they have a different approach than they've had in, in the most recent years with Ro- with Roman, where it was a lot of power. Uh, now that they've decided they they run really well out of the shotgun and against light a light box. So they'll instead of where Roman, where he would compact the field, bring a bunch of big guys on tight ends and and really squeeze the field. You know, it's just a different way of doing things where they want to bring a bunch of receivers and they want to run out of a light box. They don't want to run into an eight man box. They prefer to spread you out and be efficient enough in the passing game to where you can't overload the box. Uh, and they found a lot of success. I mean, obviously, Gus started a bit slow, had some injuries, but he's getting back to breaking tackles like we're used to seeing. And then, man, I mean, Keaton Mitchell is just – he's got a rocket up his ass. I mean, this guy <laughs> is absolute – and we knew it from the start when we saw him in training camp. We're like, this is the guy. Every year, an undrafted guy, at least one, makes the Ravens team. And and most people pegged him from the start to be the guy because – he has that that thing that we didn't have. He has that home run speed. He's got the 4-3 speed. Every time he was asked to get to the corner, even if the edge seemingly had it, he'd still get the corner. I mean, he's just that fast, that explosive. But what people didn't know, because we didn't see a lot of it in the preseason, was how effective he'd be between the tackles. I mean, this guy is low to the earth. He's hard to see. I mean, it's easy to see Gus. He's 240, he's six foot one. He's a huge man. But you got Keaton Mitchell, who's 5'6", and listed at 185, 190. He's hard to see. But what you'd think is he you could sling him down like you can Justice Hill, who we like, but you can sling Justice down. Can't do that to Keaton. I mean, he'll run through arm tackles. His balance is incredible. I mean, his break tackle ability has just been eye-opening for a guy his size to be, to be that tough to get down the ground. And anytime you can add that home run speed, a guy who can take a – a route, I mean, a, a a run that's maybe only blocked for a six to eight yard gain. He can turn it into a forty to sixty yard gain. I mean, that's just that's a different element. And when you when you just imagine him and Lamar at that mesh point, it's got to be an absolute nightmare. And then the one two thunder and lightning with Gus and Keaton. I think Justice Hill is going to find himself back in his primary special teams role. So going over over to the defense now, especially when the Ravens play the Bengals, I always look to the safeties because it's it's been. It's been a critical area, I think, where Burrow and Joe Burrow has just not been his sharpest. And I think the Ravens' safeties and their quality of play have been a big part of that. Going back to week two, Marcus Williams is hurt. Geno Stone has to play for him. And I think, you know, Bengals fans are like, oh, that's kind of a matchup advantage. Geno Stone has the biggest play of the game with interception. He's had five interceptions since. I don't know if he's on track for like a Pro Bowl nomination, but Marcus Williams is back. Kyle Hamilton's he's obviously still there. Talk about how those guys are all being rotated and all used now and just Geno Stone's just career year out of nowhere. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, the advantage is uh, like when Marcus went down and Gino went in, it's like, well, how much did they really lose from a production standpoint when you look at him doing what he's doing, leading the league in interceptions? But when Marcus is now back in there, albeit with one arm, I mean, we got to say what it is. He's got a torn peck. He's waiting to get surgery on it. So he literally can't lift his left arm above his shoulder. So he's doing it with one arm, which rubs a lot of Ravens fans the wrong way. But having him back allows them to use uh, Kyle Hamilton more creatively. We remember last year, Kyle Hamilton found himself a lot by the line of scrimmage. He was deployed to cover tight ends. He was used as a blitzer. He was used to, I mean, just in a variety of ways. When, when you know, before, if we were only playing two safeties, it was just tough to get creative with Kyle Hamilton. Now that Marcus is back, Gino and Marcus can kind of hold on to the back end. Uh, and and allow Kyle to come down the line of scrimmage. We saw last week, second play of the game. They blitz him. He jumps up, bats the ball from Deshaun, catches mm-hmm. it himself, and walks it in for a touchdown. That guy had I mean, he had three sacks in a game earlier this year in a same scenario where he's able to come down. It it, it allows them all to do what they what their you know what, what makes them special. And Marcus Williams, Roman center field along with Geno Stone, and then allow Kyle Hamilton to just be a game wrecker, six four. You know, 220 can absolutely fly, has instincts for days. It just allows Mike McDonald to be so versatile because he can cover your tight end. He'll cover your back. He'll cover your slot receiver. He's one of our very best blitzers, uses his hands incredibly well. I mean, it, it just allows uh, Kyle Hamilton to pretty much be be Superman. I expect him to get um, certainly some all-pro votes this year. Glenn, what, what's your assessment of how Lamar Jackson has played this year? Because you look at it, you look at the stat lines; they're not 
overly gaudy. Um, I mean, 10 touchdown passes in 10 games played. He, he largely has been taking care of the football, at least through the air. Only three interceptions until throwing two this last week. Um, but he does have another five touchdowns on the ground. So, I mean, he's he's doing a lot of different things. But, I mean, we've seen him in years where he's won the, the NFL MVP. We've seen him just light up the, the stat lines for, for years now. Where do you kind of put his play so far this year among other great years that he has had? I know he's been out here and there with injuries during various stretches of his career, but uh, I mean, what, what's he doing this year and where do you kind of, I, I don't, yeah, where do you kind of rank it in, in terms of what he's been doing? Yeah, I mean, I think he's playing better quarterback than he's, than he's played, but the issue is that we kind of live and die by the play of the offensive line. And when the offensive line plays well, we look, we look, you know, almost unbeatable. But when the offensive line isn't playing well, then we see some of those warts uh, arise. And, you know, last week he had some unlucky issues, I believe, on the, on the one interception. Uh, honestly, and a lot of people have, have brought this up since Jimmy mentioned it as soon as the game was over, I think his bell was rung because the play right before his first interception, he got the probably the hardest hit I've ever seen him take on the sideline. It was questionable on whether it should have been flagged. It ultimately wasn't. He hits his head really hard on the turf. The very next play, he throws an uncharacteristic, like, I don't even know who he was throwing it to. It was so bad, interception. And then the other one was a tip ball at the line of scrimmage where, you know, they were supposed to cut the guy. McCary did not do a good job cutting the guy. He gets up, bats the ball up, ends up being a, a, a you know pretty much the game winning pick six ultimately ended up leading to the game winning score um so yeah it, it's a lot of it is just i think his stats would be a lot better if we don't have eight drops including three drop touchdowns in the pittsburgh game and so some of it's been bad luck but there's no doubt he's got to get better with his deep ball i mean there's been so many occasions where flowers is running open Aguilar's running open bateman's been missed on multiple occasions and the ball's just doesn't have enough air on it, and they're not able to run under it. It's just outside the outstretched hand. If he can just, if he could just hit some of those deep balls, because he's leading the league in completion percentage, he's hitting the easy ones. He's just not hitting the deep balls. Him and the receiver aren't able to link up. So, I mean, I still think he's playing good football. It's just if you just look at the stats, it doesn't always look that way. Uh, and there's also a transition going on. He's going from Greg Roman's offense to Todd Munkin. And with that transition, you know, right now they have a bunch of big linemen who are designed for power scheme, which Roman ran. And I think they also have to transition some of their personnel. It's hard to do it in one offseason. So I think some of that is playing into it, but there's no doubt he's got to hit the he's got to hit the deep ball better. Uh, and the offensive line has to keep him clean, or yeah, we could see some of those mistakes crop up. I don't, I'm not sure there's a team in the NFL that respects Lamar more than the Bengals. They haven't beaten him since, I believe, over two years now, back in 2021, when the Ravens were, I want to say, like a two-touchdown favorite entering that game. It was a shockwave for most of the NFL. But obviously, in the past 400 days, these two teams are now going to face five times. You know, these they're division rivals. They play a lot, but this has been kind of that next step. The, mm -hmm. the familiarity is at an all-time high, and now you're on a short week. Joe Burrow said something to the effect of it's almost like an advantage that you that there's not a ton of time to prepare because they know each other so well. And what you see is what you get. There's not a lot of time to add any new things. Do you kind of buy into that as like an advantage maybe for the Ravens too? Absolutely. Well, certainly both teams coming off a loss. Uh, I think they wish they could play the next day. I mean, that's that's what Roquan said. He wanted to play the next morning in the parking lot. Uh, so yeah, absolutely. But but I think you're right. When you when you have such a familiar opponent, oftentimes if given too much time. You know, it's the classic overthink. You know, you, you outsmart yourself. You try and go so opposite your tendencies that you end up doing something that maybe your team's not very good at. So I, I do think that it's an advantage, but the advantage is obviously on both sides. I mean, uh, the familiarity runs both ways. So I, I do think both teams are benefited, but that their Thursday night game is a division opponent and also benefited that it's only three days to prepare. So you can't. You can't get too damn cute. We got a little too cute last week, guys. We tried some <laughs> I don't know, reverses. I'm like, what are we doing? We don't need to get too daggone cute. So, uh, yeah, I'm hopeful that uh, they'll they'll get back to what we do best and and just not overthink things and not just just don't outsmart yourself. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna get you on out of here um, real quickly before we get your prediction. I want to get something else. Your, your take on something else too. But mm -hmm. before we get your prediction. Um, just let the folks know where you can, 
they can find your show or they can uh, hear you guys talk about those Ravens. Yeah, absolutely. So 410 Sports Talk, just as you can see down at the bottom of the screen, appreciate you guys putting that up there. Um, yeah, you guys can can check us out on YouTube. We're obviously on all the social media platforms, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram under the same title. We can be found on all the, all the uh, podcast sites if you just want to do the audio only. Um, but yeah, that's this. That's us. Okay. Well, I wanted to get the subscriptions in for you before yeah. you give your prediction because I, I, I think I know where you're going. Um, I think mm-hmm. I know where you're feeling. Uh, the line right now per DraftKings has hovered between three and a half and four in favor of the Ravens in this one. So let us know, man. What do you what do you what do you think? What do you think? Yeah, I tell you, I think the Ravens are certainly fortunate going into a game where you have a banged up offensive line to have have those pass rushers not out there. So we might be kind of catching them at the right time. But uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be a close game. Obviously, a lot of respect for what the Bengals can do. Uh, They're they're a really good team. Uh, I just think the Ravens being at home, it's gonna be a lot to go up against. They got some legends. Carmelo is gonna be in the house. We got big boy performing the halftime show. Uh, the energy is going to be absolutely insane in the building. And I think being the home field, you know, having the home field advantage could could be the difference in this game. I think it's a close matchup, uh, but I do think it goes over the total. Uh, so I'm going to say the Ravens win 27-24. Uh, and it's, it's it could be a, a late, late Justin Tucker field goal that settles it. But also, I want to say somebody in the chat here, they said they stopped listening because I was too disrespectful to the Bengals. First of all, <laughs> Their emblem is a Bengals emblem. What the heck are you doing listening to a Ravens show unless you're listening to, to your guys here when they visit? I mean, what the hell are you doing? So, look, well, I mean, I'm okay with a, you. It's a compliment watching. to you. Huh? Well, it's 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 a compliment to you that they were watching, right? Because uh, it, so. in, in the first place, right? Yeah. Well, look, listen yeah. to me like all the haters of Howard Stern used to listen to him. Just listen to hate me and listen to see go. what kind of crazy nonsense I'm going to say next. Yeah, and then yeah. and then leave leave a rude a rude comment on your, on your it. show on your feed. Yeah, I love yeah. I'll All come right. Back so before, before before we uh, before we get out of here, this is a bet slip that we and we've been doing this um, a couple of different uh, episodes already this week, and this is courtesy of DraftKings. So I want to share this with you, uh, and and John, and we'll we'll talk through this before we before we extensively kind of talk through it. This is a bet slip that uh, we at Cincy Jungle kind of came up with. Hopefully, you can see that, Glenn. Basically. Right here there's a four pick parlay that again not a guarantee we just we, we like these here Gus Edwards anytime touchdown yes agree, agreement with you both teams scoring 20 plus points um, over three and a half total field goals made with the two kickers in this game that seems attainable and then of course yes to each team scoring one touchdown and one field goal meaning that each team is at least getting 10 in this one do you think that that is a safe parlay in this one my friend Oh, man, it looks pretty good. I mean, the only thing I would have me a little concern is the field goals. And the reason being is, you know, either the Ravens are really good in the red zone, like where they will score in 15 consecutive drives, or they'll have a bad day. So if they have a bad day, then, yeah, you could have some field goals uh, from JT. Uh, but if not, they could just keep scoring. But, yeah, I, I love the Gus anytime touchdown. I mean, that's a home run. This is guys on the goal line. Yeah, he's a clear, <laughs> our, our clear goal line back, even with the explosion of Keaton Mitchell. Both teams score 20 plus. Yeah. Why not? Right. Uh, and then the only thing it has, do you guys worry about the 20 plus because it's a Thursday game? A lot of these Thursday games, the offense, I know. I know. you know, takes a bit of a dive for a little while. Last time these two played on Thursday night last year, 19 to 17 was the score there. Last, Oof. Yeah. So yeah, why'd you so put that on with, your parlay? Playing with a little fire there, playing with a little fire. That's, that's okay. what we're, that's we're, what we're trying to win here, big here, man. We're not trying to play safe. Yeah. We're trying to win big. I yeah, playing it. with a little fire it. there. Yeah, <laughs> Glenn, thanks for your time, man. Yeah. Appreciate it, and appreciate your uh, you're always kind us on your show as well. And um, you know, we we just appreciate it. Enjoy yourself Thursday. Hopefully, not enjoying yourself too much because of the result. <laughs> but uh, we wish you well, man. Keep up the good work. All right, boys. Have a good rest of the season. Talk uh, to you later. All right, get, all right. Give our best to James too. We'll do. See. You. Thanks, Glenn. All right.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, Glenn Martin, we're going to get out of here in just a few minutes here, talking a little bit more on this one. Uh, just to remind folks on that as well with the parlay, uh, want to, want to just tell, you know, we got it. We got to say, if you got a gambling problem, you got to call 1-800-GAMBLER, visit www.1800gambler.net in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available. For problem gambling, call, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football for terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources so got to throw that out there to you all there but appreciate you entertaining our parlay there so john uh, a couple more i mean we've talked about the injury report we talked extensively got some insight on the ravens there what do you think is the biggest key for the Bengals in this or biggest keys for the Bengals in this one you look back to week two and the the difference between the offense in the first half and the second half, Burrow was starting to come alive. It's been the opposite, kind of, of how the last five weeks have been, considering their success opening the game and their kind of lulls that they're experiencing in the second and third quarter. It it's It's still a defense that I don't think this offense has truly figured out. And it's not for lack of trying. I think Mike Mike McDaniel McDonald, excuse me, is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. I think he's on track to being a head coach, considering what he's doing with that with that roster, despite the injuries that they've kind of incurred. And I still look at, you know, the Ravens. They they play. They at least show a lot of two high, and they rotate into single high. Burrow specifically against cover one and cover three defenses has not been very good in terms of an EPA per play uh, standpoint. And I think that's just because of post snap rotations, and the Ravens do that better than maybe any defense in the league. It's why they're so good at capping on those deep routes. And I think their defensive line, it still just does get the job done, even if they don't have like an elite rusher. So it, it, it's a huge statement game for the offense to establish any type of consistency. If they were to show up for the for all four quarters in this one for the first time all season against this defense in primetime, by the way, they haven't won on, on the road in primetime and, and many many years i think they're like 0 and 14 in the past 10 according to jay morris and that, that just means at night and doesn't mean just like like an afternoon playoff game or anything like that so it's it's a scenario it's a setting and environment that does not bode well for them and it, it, it just comes down to offensive consistency i think the defense is going to find ways to kind of bounce back from from last week but man i just it, it's it's not the greatest matchup for the offense well i mean look the the other thing is is there's just a lot of things going against the Bengals this week and you know short week injuries going on the road all that kind of stuff um, both teams hungry for a win I, I just really the main thing that that I see going for the Bengals is number one their quarterback but number two um, you know that we've seen them with what which has been perceived to be a back you know their backs against the wall and all of a sudden they come charging back out despite what seems like, you know, pretty big odds. And that's what it looks like this week. You know, um, I, I, I think it's going to have to, there, there are a lot of different yin and yang aspects to this game that the Ravens have the most rushing yards in the NFL this year. The Bengals have the least as a team. Um, the, the Ravens are one of the best what they are. They have the most sacks accrued on defense um, as a defense in the league this year. The Bengals, I mean, the offensive line has been better as a whole as compared to years past, but there's been some issues, particularly this last Sunday, and, and you know, there's been some pressure situations. So that is is a problem. And then, of course, you know, you've got the Bengals. The, Lamar, as I mentioned, has largely been taking care of the football, just five interceptions. He has been fumbling the ball a bit because he runs more often, but, um, you know, there's – 
he's been taking care of the ball two interceptions this last week. The Bengals are number two in the tied for second overall in the NFL on interceptions net. So there's a lot of like, you know, give and take and yin and yang with this one. Um, so it's it, last week too. I mean, the Texans were a team that really took care of the ball and the Bengals still got three turnovers and almost uh, pulled that win out because of it. So I, I, maybe that's just where the Bengals, once again, if the defense gives up the yards, the big plays, Etc. on defense. Maybe it's just, you know, they'll get those big momentum swinging plays as well. Yeah, I think they're going to try to rely on this game to be kind of a slugfest and low scoring because, you know, it's just the nature of those Thursday night games and the nature of division games in itself. I don't think anyone really expected uh, last the, the last meeting to have 51 total points. I think Glenn's prediction was the exact same score as week two, 27 to 24. I think that was kind of on the high side compared to what people expected. And, and I'm not really sure if it's going to go that high again just because of again like the the familiarity and just the short week of preparation just because of the you know i think t higgins's absence is is still pretty notable too he had a, he had his best game of the season before everything started to kind of go downhill against the ravens he had two touchdowns and 80, 80 or so yards with without marlon humphrey on the field obviously there was a ton of attention that's always going to be on jamar chase and that's not going to change this time just looking at the film over the past couple of weeks whether it was the bill's safety or the texan safety it's just always just bracketed over top of him and it leads to great situations and opportunities for Trenton Irwin and tyler boyd but those opportunities they only are taken advantage of every once in a while and sometimes you know burrow sees it sometimes he doesn't and he goes to the check down and i think the ravens are really well trained to kind of crash down on some of those swing routes and limited yards after catch opportunities for Mixon or, or whoever the, the wide receiver screen is is designated for they need to be able to take their shots at the appropriate time and I think there might just be have to be an uptick in aggression to do that I think the fact that they were down for you know the majority of the second half against the, or all the second half against the Texans it forced Burrow to be more aggressive to push the ball down the field and, and to take those uh, shots over the middle and it led to some success it obviously led to a couple of interceptions too but I think mo- most of that was either inaccuracy or just uh, you know rash decision making and i don't think you can expect that to happen twice again even if it's against a really good defense so i think the aggression has to be uh you know turned up a little bit uh against the defense that usually is able to constrain them so yeah it's gonna be tough without higgins but they're, they're just gonna have to find a way they're gonna have to find a way and burrow's gonna have to basically play a version of hero ball this week i think um it's gonna have to be turnover free or at most one it's going to have to be escaping pressure situations and you know kind of making those plays off script those big plays off script unfortunately guys like t higgins are ones that usually thrive off of uh some of those plays i mean chase does as well obviously and he'll be available so um all right man well where do you where do you see this one going what's your what's your prediction in this one here very very tough game to call um two two good teams a tough tough task for the Bengals this week though I mean, it, it's it's about as tough as it, as it gets. Again, this is a scenario. It, it's one of the few remaining monkeys on the franchise's back. Obviously, the Super Bowl <laughs> winning that thing is, is one of them. But road primetime games, man. They just even during this renaissance, it's just been a, a thorn in their side. Last year it was against the Ravens and the Browns. And this is the first of two that they have this year. The next one, I think, is in a couple weeks against the Jags. So that's already one. It's it's against a Lamar Jackson Ravens team, which they haven't had a lot of success in, in Lamar's career. Typically, their most of their success against the Ravens have come against backup quarterbacks. And you know, despite some of the numbers, Lamar is still playing pretty well in, in this new offense. It's with the AFC North crown on the line. Essentially, if they lose this game, they're zero and three in the division. They can at best be three and three, but they drop two to the Ravens to give them another game ahead. It's really their backs are up against the wall in a very tough situation, and I want them to prove me wrong. I'm, I I can definitely see a scenario where they do this because they've been able to do it in the past, but I, I want to see it to believe it. So I'm going to go 20 to 14 Ravens. 20 to 14. I'm, I'm, I mean, every, not every, but a lot of fibers in me are saying, you know, this is going to be a Ravens win here, but um, you know, there, there's something that's also saying that, you know, they can, they, uh, this is, this is a, it's a winnable game. Could they win this For game? Sure. Yes. You know, I mean, it's a winnable game. It's not impossible. It's just, there's a lot of stuff going against them right now. We talked about short week road game injuries, all kinds of stuff. Their, their margin for error in this one is very, very slim. And so they have to play, I think a, a 
pretty near perfect game um, and, and do a lot of the things that we haven't seen them do very well, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season, stop the run. Um, you know, they, they've let up a lot of yards on the ground and um, limit the explosive plays on defense and get more of those on offense. So, um, you know, it, it, it's just going to have to be a game where the things they hadn't been doing regularly pop up with frequency in this one. Um, I'll, I'll just, just to give some positive vibes, I'll say uh, Bengals 2017, but I, I, I'm not overly confident in that one. I mean, I can't have all three people picking against the Bengals in this show here that we have <laughs> on microphones. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not overly confident in that. I do think it'll probably be a pretty close game regardless. Whatever the result is whether win or lose, whether both teams make the playoffs or not, I don't want to see the Ravens until 2024. Like, like, can we just get a break? No, no meeting in the, in the postseason. We'll see you in September, October. I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm through with you. I've had enough. We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right, but dude, let's drop the mic and get on out of here. What do you got for us? That was more or less the mic drop. Uh, just, just okay. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice if the postseason, I don't really have one, but I'll, I'll agree with you. It would be nice if the postseason did not really have to have a path where you have to go through your AFC North teams, because I think they're just so not only physically draining, but emotionally draining. And then, you know, if the Bengals are a team that end up getting a lower wild card type of situation, have to travel. I mean, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, this is draining and they've already played a lot of games the past two years. So, you know, uh, regardless, let's just, let's just one at a time. And hopefully they get, they find their way, however weird it may be into the postseason this year. We will see. Uh, that being said, appreciate all of you tuning in. And if you are new here, welcome. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel underneath John there in the Cincy Jungle icon. You can click the show icon to subscribe. Click the bell to be notified uh, when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, uh, you can give a thumbs up to all of our videos if you like them. That helps the show. And give a thumbs up to the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. Check out our show and the other shows on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel through your favorite audio streamer. You got to get your news, opinions, analysis, podcast, videos, etc. on cincyjungle.com. And check out what John's doing at adzsports.com as well. Breaking things down for the Bengals and the AFC North. Big game tomorrow night. We will see what happens. Bengals, Ravens, Thursday night football in Baltimore. Take care. Our thanks to Glenn Martin of 410 Sports Talk, and we will see you all very soon. 